Hey guys, the Be Contagious Leadership Experience is back. This is episode 18. I know a lot of you have been thinking, where have you been? What have you done with my favorite podcast? Well, if you really did say that, I <laughs> we really appreciate it. But after a long hiatus, uh, we are back. And what we're going to do over the next a few days, actually, we're going to push out a lot of some of the episodes that we've done already uh, about six, seven, eight months ago. Again, talking about leadership, culture, communication. And then after that, we're going to start pumping out some great content on relationships, on building them from a partnership, from even going on to a team perspective and a business perspective. You know, how you build relationships, how you keep them, how you get them going is so important in today's day and age. And one thing I've learned over the last year is that so many of us really believe that we go through this alone, but you are not alone. We are all in this together. And I want to be able to make sure that you get some great content and understand that we have people out there for you, ready to help you make your life great. Anyways, let's go back to Coach Dane on today's episode. He runs 1% Mindset. His energy is amazing. It's contagious. You're going to love everything he has to say on how to get elite athletes to that elite level. All right, guys. All right, guys, welcome to another great edition of the Be Contagious Leadership Experience. If you are watching this or hearing this, I've got a great guest today. If you've ever gone on the Twitter account, at Coach Dane, you're going to see some amazing nuggets of mental dominance. Uh, He is a mental dominance coach. He is a former pro athlete. He is a public speaker and one of the hosts of The Mastermind, Coach Dane Dane Gingrich, right? Did I get that right? Yeah, or am I butchering yeah, yeah. it? No, no, Ging- Gingrich is good. Like Newt, just don't, I'm no relation. <laughs> I, 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 I use that last name if I need to get into like, like a restaurant, reservations. I just say I'm Newt's cousin or something. That's good. I usually just say I'm Pitbull and they still say no. <laughs> right? That's, that's, right. that's true, man. <laughs> can I just forget Coach H? Can I just say Pit now? I just that's can fine. call you. That's fine. That's, 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 I just go with it. No one knows I don't speak Spanish, but it's okay. It doesn't matter. I could say Dale <laughs> like Pitbull does. All, exactly. all the time. But coach, I appreciate you coming on. I, I know I've, I've been jumping on. I love all your content and everything that you do. Just dive in and just, you know, talk about what you do, who you are. I know you're in Santa Barbara, California. I'm from L.A., yeah. so I've been in Santa Barbara a whole lot. But just talk about you a little bit and then we'll just we'll just figure this out. Awesome. Now this, and this is how I love it. I love that you didn't send a script because the script like we're not going on. You couldn't keep me on a script if you tried, coach. That's not going to happen. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, man, I'm out here in Southern Cal speaking of that, like I can barely breathe with the fires we got going on this time. Like it is crazy. So, so the whole mental dominance thing. So I grew up, you know, since birth swinging a tennis racket and shooting a basketball. And and I, and I remember like, it's funny you ask when people ask, like, when did you get into this mental thing? And I, and I had to think it's been so ingrained as an athlete. My dad would always ask me like, he would, I mean, since I can remember five, six years old, what what separates the champions from from the others from the spectators what separates you know at, at the time it was magic and bird right what separates those guys from from the people that you see at the park that could be playing in the nba or at that level but you'll never hear about right. and so he kept he just kept challenging me and, and and it always came and he never gave me the answer he just kept challenging <laughs> me and challenging because that's what dads do right that's right we never give answers we, we we're not just ask the question and walk away <laughs> So, so as we, you know, and as I developed as an athlete, I, I quickly, I quickly understood it is it, like, you've got to have physical talent. Obviously you've got to have some physical gifts, of course, but, but I think too many people believe and they, and they solely rest 
on their physical, you know, their physicality alone. And maybe in fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, you can just physically dominate. But what I, what I realized growing up is it, is it was it was always something internal. We say mental toughness, right? Whatever that is, right? And, and it means a, a whole lot of things. We say the mindset, the mentality, and and, and I've spent you know, now about 12 to 15 years officially and intentionally delving into what mentality means and what separates magic from the great ones, MJ from, from the others, now Curry, LeBron, all those guys, KD, uh, Federer. And, and, but, but I remember four years old, man, five years old, being able to focus at a level. Now my dad tells me I I would walk in a room and you would just be lasered on Sesame street. And I couldn't, I couldn't pull you away. And I real (laughs) at that time, I didn't realize it at the time. Right. But but I now know there's a level of focus that you got to have, both with your eyes onto that task, but then another level of focus too. That I'm going to get in the gym before you. That level of focus that I'm going to endure pain more than you. There, there's so much that's involved. So I, I, I had a chance, I had a choice to play low, like mid-level Division One basketball, D2. That's a whole story. I blew, I blew those opportunities. Mm-hmm. Terrible grades, coach. Like, that was a whole. And, and I chose the tennis route. But because I screwed up my grades, and this is part of like a backstory and part of my mission of what I want to help with, with my young athletes especially, I screwed up my grades and I had to go to junior college route. Instead of playing tennis you know, at a UCLA level or a UC San, some, you know, a, a nice level. And then I turned professional after one year, wow. junior college, one year. I was an All-American. Like, I, I had it, coach. Right, like, right. Is, that, is that arrogance? <laughs> I, know, I was an All-American, right? Like. I'm good enough to play. I'm beating this person. I'm beating. I I got it, coach. Right. But again, and I did have the physicality. I was doing things at six years old. Agassi was getting touted for at ten. So I have physical stuff. But coach, I'm ready. I'm eight. I'm nineteen. I'm eighteen, and I'm an all American junior college. I don't need a D. I don't need a D one school. I don't need a four year. I'm gonna turn pro, coach. I'm gonna show right here. So obviously, that didn't go well. I went out, kept getting hurt. Went out, kept getting hurt, and then then I started teaching tennis which then led to the mental piece of tennis. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of evolved into all sports, classroom, classroom, you know, the mental stuff in the classroom, now sales staff, entrepreneurs. So it started way back when my dad asked me what separates bird and magic from everybody else. And now I'm just on a lifelong passion to answer that question and help, help people answer that question about themselves. Like, why you? Right. Because I don't care if you're six foot ten and you can touch the backboard. I don't care if you have a 180 mile an hour serve. That's not good enough. Right. It's just not good. Right. Now, is it is it different mental preparation for a person in team sport and individual sport? Because my, my son's a swimmer and, yeah. and he's very good, which surprises me because looking at my body and his body, I can't believe he's my son. <laughs> Yeah. But he and 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 he he's he as a individual sport he is he's trying to work on his mental being prepared. Like, what, what do you think about those things? Well, you know, right? Uh, it, it is different, right? B- because you got to be selfish. Like in an individual sport, you you have to be selfish. You have to be like it. It has to be about you. And, and everything you got to everything is about you, right? right. You, you got to put every everybody to the side. On a team sport, right? As we say, and you know, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir now, Mr. Duke Basketball himself. As you know, you know, it's we over me. But right. at the at the same time, coach, I say this too, and I speak to you and I work with teams. It is we over me, and it is culture. It is definitely you got to you have to be doing you have to be aiming and be selfless for your unit, right? Mm-hmm. But at the very same time, there cannot be a strong we if you don't first look in that mirror and and create a strong me. 
right and and trying to trying to kind of intertwine those because i because we hear it all the time we over me it's it's there's no there's no it's not about you it's not about your selfish stats and i totally believe that but on an internal level i can't be a part of a strong we coach if i haven't developed a strong me first before i come into your program before i step onto the practice court before Mm -hmm. i go into the classroom like i have to develop a strong me first so Yes, they're different, but but they can they're similar at the same time because you you still have to go in and, and figure out what makes you tick right. before you can add any value to the rest of your unit. So right? how how do you grow a, a strong sense of me um, with the way that parenting is today <laughs> and the way that coaches? I always say this: like coaches, we update everything on our phones and all the apps, but we don't update how we coach. So yeah. how do we combine those two together? Because I know in the coaching world, every coach says, oh, this kid is, is, is spoiled and they're a millennial. They're every excuse known to man. And then the yeah. parents are saying, oh, the coach is too tough. Like where, where is that bridge? That's, that's so, it's so, so here, here's, here's what I say to coaches, right? I mean, yes, the kids growing up, and I, I don't want to put everybody in the same box, but it's changed. Like for yeah. sure it's changed. Like, and the parents have changed and the parents are spoiling them and the parents are – I, I'm, a, I'm a true believer because I have a, a, an eight-year-old gymnast, a competitive. I'm a true believer that that, that I want to spoil her with confidence, mm. not fake confidence, and not tell her that she's doing great when she's not. But I want her. I want to start in the home and make her believe I, you literally can achieve anything. You literally. So I, I believe. So I think parents. I think that's important to do, but I think we we can go overboard sometimes. Right. Or like, don't don't worry that you didn't work hard, sweetheart. You can still do it. Like when it comes to effort, when it comes to discipline, no, there, it's non-negotiable for me. But but I so as as I speak to the older the 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 coaches that are kind of used to that old school, and I'm old, and I remember being coached with a guy grab my shirt and oh, he's yeah. yelling in my face and screaming. Right. Those days are over. Right. And so as as we do develop, right, we as coaches have to come to terms with it's not changing back. It's not going anywhere. And what I say to coaches is like, it's our job to adjust to them. Mm. Like we, we got to create non-negotiables and there's certain, there are certain rules you can't cross and there's certain non-negotiables for our unit and our culture. But at the same time, we got to look and we got to coach to who they are. Right. Right. And so there's this constant back and forth. And I think the great coaches get it. Right. And I, but I also think there are some coaches that are saying, I don't like do as I say, like yeah. just be, because I said so type of mentality. And, and I think we're, it's a delicate balance, right? And you know, you're, you're coaching them now. There's a delicate balance between because I said so and this is non negotiable. And all right, let's talk. Like what, what works for you? And I think great coaches, is, it's, it's an art more than a science, mm-hmm. way more of an art because I got to go inside of you and figure out who you are. Right. And then I got to go inside and figure out who you are and where you came from and how you were raised. And can I be tough? Do I have to kind of go back door and put my arm around you? Well, that, that's the beautiful part about coaching, right? Just because your title says coach doesn't mean you're a good coach. Right. Can you, can you adjust to who you're dealing with now and, and just face the facts? It's not just like technology. Like you said, it's not going anywhere. And these, the kids that we're coaching, they are not going anywhere. They're not going to change just because you tell them. So you have to change too. Right. Yeah. I love the word non-negotiable. I think yeah. those when you put those key words in something, especially when it comes to your kids or even the players uh, you coach. I also love the fact that I think when you're talking about parenting, you know, it's it's. I think a lot of parents today spoil them with confidence, but then there's no line of discipline. 
right? right. It's right. like, oh, you're the greatest ever, you're the greatest ever. And the yeah, kids yeah. are smart, right? The kid's like, I yeah. feel good. This is the time I'm going to ask my mom for a iPhone <laughs> or an ice cream. This is it. <laughs> You know, and then then they sneak in with it, you know. Yeah. So I think parents we have forgotten. We're like we're we're always like, oh, I'm not gonna be like my dad. I'm not gonna be like my mom. When yeah. you know, there's some good qualities with it. Absolutely. With it. And, and raising an eight year old, you you got to see that a lot. Ooh, and raising a she eight thinking she's 28. Oh, super smart, super physically gifted, super sensitive, and kind of cr- like sees things that I don't see like crazy that way, right? So. It, it is, and, and by no means am I going to be up here like, I got this. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm so, I got this. It's a constant figuring and a tug of war between, and I, my foundation is always effort and discipline and, and the non-negotiable rules of what it takes to excel at anything. And the, 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 those rules have been here forever and aren't going anywhere, mm-hmm. a, anywhere, right? The foundation of what it takes, the discipline, the effort, the endurance, the struggle, all of that. So, so I'm constantly figuring out how do I pat her on the back and grow her confidence because being in this coaching business, I started teaching tennis at 19, mm. 20. So I have 29 years of experience. So I have right. a triple threat. We call it the triple threat, right? I was an athlete, had a, had a dad, had a good dad as, as a parent. Then I, then, then I became a coach. Now I'm a coach and a parent. So I got the triple threat. So I'm, I've seen a lot of the mistakes that the parents make, a lot of mistakes that coaches make. And I'm trying to just kind of maneuver in between those while I make my own coming up. But I know if I yell and scream, it doesn't work for her. So I have to I have to plant the confidence seeds while at the same time not letting her step over the foundational success principles. So wow. there's this she's she's eight, so I can't say foundational success principles. I can't right. say that. I I, I gotta <laughs> use other terms. So we're we're going back and forth. We're always playing a tug of war with look, you gotta work, but yeah. I love you and you can do it. You gotta grind, but I promise you you can get through it. And so yeah. there's just there's this dance. I I, I find that very interesting because I have a son and daughter. My son is 17. My daughter is 14. You're too and, young. You had my, him when you were 11? It's, it's, it's my skin. I take care of my <laughs> I use oil of Olay. But no, you know, it's, it's, um, so, so my son is a swimmer. He's, he's tough. He gets after it. My daughter is the 14-year-old. She's like, oh, yeah, I love singing. I love playing. And then my son gets mad because my son's like, you know what, Dad? You weren't tough on Gabby as you were with me. And, and, and it, it's very much true, but... There are there different paths for boys and girls in their development, um, oh you know, from preteen to teenage, et cetera. Like, when does oh. the switch become, you just got to be tougher? Like, when does like, that happen? Woo, I don't know. Can you give an answer to that? Can you mm. give like a definite like that? Is there an age for everybody? I don't think so. And, and for sure, Mars and Venus, for right. sure, boys and, boys and girls are completely different. Now, I mean, it doesn't mean you can't get tough with the girls. Some girls need that. Like, some girls love... And some boys don't, right? Right, but 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 like yeah, and doesn't it go to the point where there's no way on your program, for example, Duke women's basketball, that that you teach and you coach everybody the same, right? Right, there's no, I mean, you have obviously again the non-negotiables. You have certain culture program rule. You're here at Duke. You're not at like X City College Junior where we don't have a winning culture. So there are certain things, but. June and Kate and Kristen and Bobby Sue and like everybody's different and I think it goes the same with sons and daughters boys and girls students that are right like I and that's again and this is a hot button for me because everybody's a coach now mm, like just yes. go on go on Instagram I'm a coach <laughs> what is your coach like it's an it, it, like it drives me crazy because I work at this craft like like I believe I was put on earth I just I just 
feel like one of my superpowers is being able to look at him and being able to look at him and look at her and look at her and know that all four of you are different. And I know the difference between all four of you. Right. And, I, and I think that's, we all have our gifts. We all have our superpowers. I believe that's one of mine. And so when you say you're a coach, but you're treating everybody the same, like you right? Like that's not being, so to answer your question, long form, come back to simple. I don't know if there's an age group, but I, but I think it's our job to keep an eye and look through those lenses of when the when the switch can be turned, mm. and then we got to go, yeah. right? And, and, I, I, and I think, too, a lot of coaches and parents also flip the switch too soon. They're not ready. But they yeah. want to flip the switch because of their own beliefs and their own story in their mind or maybe how they were raised and or coached, right? So I think it's our job, regardless of how we were raised or coached, to look for their specific switch, figure out when – and maybe flip it. May, oh, that was too early. Can't do that. And that's okay, too, right? We're allowed to make that mistake. But always be on the lookout for when can we flip it for her? When can I flip it for him? Maybe she's first, right? But again, again, coming, it's an art form. And there's no black and white answer to it. Right. Now, in, so in this world where we want instant return, instant oh. gratification, how do you, do coaches sell the journey, the process, whatever people want to call it, to get to whatever mountaintop, if there is even a mountaintop in terms of mental strength? This is so brutal. This is so, t and this is, it's, I just don't believe in coincidence. You're asking me that question right now where I've had multiple conversations with parents and coaches about this exact same thing, about performance indicators, right? We have, I, I had like seven parents text or call me today or this week, and it's only, you know, recording on a Thursday about, give, give me some KPIs, right? Their business, give me the key performance <laughs> indicator, right? I'm like, well, hang on. This is not how it works. Right, and my job as a mental, it's it's so much more difficult than say a physical trainer. I can put you in the gym, I can make you lift, I can make you squat, and in two, three, four, six weeks, you'll see the chest, you'll see the shoulders, and you'll see the abs. But with the mental game, which is to just say, hey, just trust the process. That it's just not good enough, especially if you're paying for it, or you're or you're you're sending your daughter to a son to a school, and they're getting an education and on a full ride. So here's how I break it down. I break it down into two types of indicators. And I just made a video on this actually yesterday, live on Twitter. Two types of indicators. Most people fall into the lag style indicator, which is outcome, results, right? Their only, their only indicator is, are they winning? If they're a golfer, are their scores going from a 77 to a 67? If they're a basketball player, she's averaging 11. She, she needs to be averaging 31, right? And, and that, that's a sucker play. Because the outcome and results, they're lag indicators because they're lagging behind. Mm -hmm. and, they'll, and they'll never show you, give you an accurate assessment of what's coming. And so we gotta delete, we gotta delete that instinctive intention to, to focus on the score and result, right? And let's get over here and get into our lead indicators. Now, what's that? That's, that's where the mental game comes in. That's the, 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 the mindset, the, the, the work ethic, the language he or she is using. Right, the, is is she still sleeping? Is she still in bed at eleven, or is she in the gym? Because that'll that'll give you a, a very accurate indication yes. of growth, right? So so I try to explain to the parents who are like, and when they're when they're paying for services, they want to see results, yes, right. So that that's a that's a really difficult and delicate balance between telling them to hold off on the results. I promise they're coming, right? But you got to outlast time, and when I say outlast time, I don't mean three days. I might mean twelve months. Mm -hmm. Right. I might mean 17 months, but here's what we can give you. Is she waking up? How's her response to pain? What's her, what's her reaction to struggle and fatigue? And is she sleeping in? Those are lead indicators, the mentality, 
the language. What are her beliefs when you sit down and talk to her? What do her, how have her beliefs changed? And that's kind of the dance I play on the mental piece of it because what we see with our eyes, the external, is going to get worse first. Right, right. When you're making a mental change, when you're changing belief systems, that lack voice that's looping in your mind from years back, right? And you don't, you can be 13 and have a lack belief. It's going to take time to kind of rewire the mind, right? So you're going to see, you might see poor physical results first, but I promise you, and this is the foundation of what it is, and I know you do it too, right? You have to be, you have to outlast time. Yeah. I promise you it's coming. And that's why I believe it's 1% versus 99 because, you know, we talk about MJ, we talk about name, name Federer, just name the Elon Musk for business. Mm -hmm. It doesn't even have to be athletes, right? They risked, they jumped, and they waited, right? They just planted, watered, and wait. And they waited, and they waited, and they waited. Hold on, say Something, that again. They risked, they jumped, they waited. I think that's a huge, huge point people are forgetting. Yes. Which, so we get the... I don't, and I actually, don't, I think all three of them are being held back. I, I don't think many people are risking. I don't think many people will jump unless they see a blueprint and a plan, right? right? They need to, they need to have perfect conditions. They got to have the hows, and they're definitely not waiting. They, right. they just, like you said, throwing that thing in a microwave, it's great for mac and cheese, <laughs> but it, it does not work for our greatness. It will not work for your long-term success, right? Right. So we got to risk. We got to jump. We've got to outlast time, man. Well, let's let's and I, I had to type this in my phone so I could I could remember this because I definitely want to hit on. Let's talk about the risk part. Okay. Too many people don't take risks in their lives. Now, when you're a kid, when you're five, you just jump over the wall and yeah. whatever happens, yeah. happens. And then when yeah. you get older, you just become afraid of everything. Everything. Yeah. When I was coaching in Japan, uh, I got fired because I was horrible. I was selling <laughs> my furniture. You're self-aware too. I was, I was awful. So I was <laughs> okay. selling my furniture, uh, 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 you know, and I live close to the U.S. bases. So a, an American woman comes off base and buys my furniture and says, hey, coach, where did you get this? I said, well, it's down the street. You turn left, and it's a, it's a great store. They have a lot of things. She says to me, coach, I've been here three years, and I never have bought anything off the base. 23-year-old wow. woman. Married to a military man, risk. How do we get people taking a chance on themselves? <laughs> that's it. We're done. The show's over. We're done. <laughs> that's it. We're done. You don't have enough time. This, like, this is this is this is such a tough question. I, I think again, it our instincts want to go just do it. Like our instincts want to get into the blueprint and the how of it. And I think we got to back up and we have to really address the reason you're afraid of risking. And, mm. and again, it's the long-term picture. It's the macro answer. People want that micro answer. They want that solution. They want to throw the mac and cheese in the microwave right now. But the, the long answer, the, the, the answer that's going to yield the most success is you got to hit pause and you got to go back. And you got to really strip the layers of where the fear is coming from, mm. right? Is it is it the way, is it what mommy and daddy said? You know, from, from definitely on, I grew up with, and my dad here, he's going to hear this, he's going to freaking kill me, but that's all right, we're good. Like where money is bad, right. rich, being wealthy, being, you know, having money is not a positive. And, and he would probably deny that he said those, and I don't know if he said those exact words, but I grew up with that belief system. Mm -hmm. and, and it was only until I was 30 years old, and I'm, I am now uh, older, not to tell you, old. <laughs> so I don't have the skin you have. <laughs> But, but in order to change in order to change the fear that I grew up with, I had to hit pause 
and start really like peeling the layers back of what that what that loop in my mind was about right so how do you take how do you it starts there how are you going to risk why aren't you risking let's just ask you that question because i'm afraid that's not that's not good enough Mm -hmm. like let's go back what are you afraid of and and where did that where did that get embedded and and then once we kind of look at that and get self self awareness right it's our umbrella it's number one become self-aware of what that is then we can start moving forward. Then we can start talking about purpose. Then we can start talking about creating a mental picture, that emotional intention of why you want to risk, right? Like, okay, so it's it's because mommy and daddy or it's because somebody else and and no excuses. Mommy and daddy aren't an excuse, but if they tell you, you, you suck, you suck, you suck, you suck, you're going to believe it, right? So let's go there. Let's stare at that. Let's, let's delete that. Let's mm-hmm. write a new story. Let's edit our story. And then let's start talking. Let's start to putting the blueprint in place. Now, why do you want to risk? Right. right? Like, what's that risk going to, what's that risk going to, what kind of value is that risk going to add? And then it just becomes this beautiful cycle of growth, right? But it, we got to go all the way back. I can't tell you just to risk because you're going to, you have this, you have this embedded self lack, you know, this lack belief that's pulling on you. That's stronger than me saying, just go. So it starts there, coach, and then it kind of moves forward into then the blueprint and the purpose and the intentions. But then, okay, so now, so let's say I dug into my deep, dark secrets yeah, when I was like yeah. five or whatever, okay? Yeah. I'm through that. The risk is good. I'm, I, I'm good. What's going to cause me to jump? Because I, yeah. I understand risk. I want to take the risk. Everyone yeah. says I want to do it. I'm going to take a chance on myself. Yeah. But yeah. then they get to the, the, the ledge right there. They look down. Yeah. Not doing it. Not yeah, baby, the pain. That's right. So, so, so the answer, right? We got to make our purpose bigger than our pain. Mm. We got to make the reason why we're going to jump more powerful than the reason why we can't. That's it. Wow. And, and, we, and then we go back, and we go. We got to go back, and then here we go again. What's our purpose, mm. right? And everybody says, you know, and you know, my mentor Eric Thomas. He, I'm so blessed to have him. He he blew up why, right? He blew. You got to know your why. You blew that up. So, I, I like the word, and it's powerful. I don't know how. You know, I I like purpose better. Like we got to find, I like intention even better. Mm. Like what's the emotional connection to the reason you have to jump? Because if you don't have an emotional connection, A, what that thing is that you absolutely will have, not want, wish, or hope. I hate want, I hate wish, I hate hope. What that thing you absolutely will have, how are you going to bring it home with you and ha- have it serve you? How are you going to improve on that in a daily basis when you go after it? And then how will it push you forward and help grow you, grow your family, grow your team members, grow your coaches, grow your, right? So we connect all three of those. And then pretty soon, like, we don't even know why we're afraid anymore. Like, and, 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 and let's, let's, let's get this straight too, because we're human beings. Fearless does not exist. Mm. I can't stand fearless. You're a human being and our brain is hardwired to run from the saber tooth tiger. So yes. fearless does not exist. But what does exist is is courage in the face of it. What does exist is making a decision in the face of it. You don't think you're you don't think your players fearful at the free throw line. Maybe for a split second thinks about if I miss, I'm like if I'm. But then she faces it and she goes to another level mentally and emotionally, and then the fear goes away, mm. right? But she wasn't fearless. She she wasn't fearless in that moment. She just rose up and and and, and chose a different language and different belief that made the fear go away. Mm. So purpose over pain. We don't want to risk because we don't want to feel pain. And right. our brain doesn't want us to go there. Our brain will do anything. It'll run. To, it'll, you know I'm preaching to the choir. Yeah. 
this is what you do, right? The brain will, is hardwired to run from the pain. So we, our job throughout our entire life for the rest of our life is to hardwire that sucker. Hmm. Look yeah. at look at it, and then I'm sorry. No, 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 no. This is good. I love it. I love it. I'm gonna look at it. You're gonna say look at it. <laughs> I'm gonna say uh, look at it, and then you've got to create a reason that's more powerful than it, uh, right? Did I I just blow your eardrums out right there? No, 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 I, no. It was good. It was actually falling out. I have small ears, so I had to go <laughs> stick it back. Stick it back. Now, with that, how important is self talk? But then, what you're saying to yourself in self talk? Because Sometimes I know in my life I've done some self-talk and then I do self-talk rambling and the rambling goes in like five different ways. I'm like, wait, what am I talking about? Like, how yeah. do you teach people to have positive self-talk or self-talk that will help them move in that direction? I think self-talk is crap. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I just, I wanna, I just want to see your response. I was like, uh-oh. What? Uh-oh. We got to delete. Uh-oh. We got to edit. I'm going to edit this sucker. No. <laughs> Self-talk is obviously, it's critical. It's been talked about now. I think it's pretty, I think it's on the norm now. I think it's understood. Um, and, and everybody has a different vibe to how they talk. But, but we got, again, the foundation of it. The emotion we have, whether it's fear, doubt, confidence, fire, power, comes from everything we say. Mm. Comes from everything. There's, no, there's not one emotion that has not derived from a thought and has not derived from our language. And, and so we get what we say right? We get what we believe. We get what we are. We don't get what we want. Mm. We get who we are. And who we are stems with the language we use, right? We hear the language that we use. So I don't have one, for me, for example, for me, the language I use when I'm competing is aggressive, is attack. Like that, literally those words, when I, when I'm in a, when I'm in a stressful moment, when I'm in a pressure moment, the language I have to use for me because it's how I respond is keep attacking, stay aggressive because it creates a different type of emotion. I can't be fearful if, if I'm all about attacking and I'm all about being aggressive. But we have to find, we have to find what works for us. And again, let's, let's, let's work the story backwards. What do we want from the language? Because everything, mm -hmm. we got to reverse engineer everything, right? Like let's just not go to the language. Let's go to what you want the result to be from the language and then we can design the language based on what our answer is, uh, right? So I, I want confidence. I want aggression. I want power. I want like to be bigger and badder than anyone on the court. I want to work. Okay, well, let's, let's go through some language. Let's go through A, some words and or some sentences that work for you, that resonate with you, that when you say that, it creates that result you just said. Do you, do you have any key words that you specifically tell uh, your your players or parents to say, especially when people think they're saying self-talk, but a lot of times they're sometimes sabotaging themselves as well too. Yeah. So, so for me, so I'm not, I'm not a big, you can do it. Like <laughs> you can, because I think it's just so cliche. I think even right. when you say it, you don't believe it. Like right. you can be the best. I think it has to be, number one, it has to be individual, but, but the words I really bring, like, like if you say, I love butterflies. And that creates a ton of confidence and power. Then I love butterflies is your sentence. Mm -hmm. I don't care what it is as long as it, when you say it, isn't, like you said, sabotaging and making you feel less than. Because you, 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 you know the power of your words by just, just by feeling the emotion it creates. Right? So if you say, I love red hats, like red hat, red hat, and that makes you feel powerful at the free throw line, then red hat's your language. Mm. Right? But, but to all of my athletes, what I know for a fact, is that aggression, attack mode, power, comp, like that destroys passive athletes, mm. right? If you're aggressive, you ultimately dominate the ones who aren't. 
So what language can you use that creates aggression? That cre- it doesn't mean kamikaze crazy. It just means because aggression and when you're in attack mode, you're not in fearful and doubt mode, right? And, and, and that's kind of the foundation of, well, I don't care what, I don't care if you're a swimmer, you're a golfer, you're a basketball player, you're a tennis player. In the biggest moments, you are the most aggressive. I mean, right. look, look at LeBron. What's been the argument with him in the biggest moments years back? Dude is so passive. Mm-hmm. And, and now he's kind of tapping into that. Do I, oh yeah, that's who I am. Oh, oh my, I'm 6'10", 800 pounds. Right. Like <laughs> all I got to do is tap into aggression and you can't stop me. Right. And so the language, the actual words, like whether it's butterfly, red hat, attack, be aggressive, kind of irrelevant to me. It's what, it's the emotion they create in the moment. Does that make so, sense? Yeah. So it goes, well, I've had this argument with a lot of other coaches. Can you take a non-aggressive personality and mm. change them into someone who is an attack dog, aggressive, just gets after it all the time. Whew, is that a black and white answer? I think you can improve on it, but mm. I think I, I, I don't know that you I don't know that you can turn him into an attack dog. Mm. But but because I, and the argument I hear all the time is I just need to play to my personality, and that's great. You hear that all the time on, on the golf course. I just got to play to my personality. I'm really chill. I have to talk to my okay. And that's cool until unless your personality is getting your ass kicked. Excuse my language. Like if your personality is if your personality is getting you dominated, we got to adjust your per- we got to adjust some personality traits. I don't expect you to be some crazy Tiger Woods dog, but if you want to excel, there's some decisions you got to make. And again, it's non-negotiable. You can't be scared. You can't be this passive. It doesn't mean you're going to be this aggressive, but you got to be more. Right. So I don't know. Do you? I, so no. Long again. My long story. I haven't even had coffee. That's coffee. Is no, you can't change you. You can't change them into this, but you can make them better. They can improve. For right. what do you think? What, what's your yeah, answer? Do you, you know, what, I, I, I think it's extremely difficult. You have to stay the course, and I don't know how many coaches are patient enough to stay the course. Yeah. I think, especially in college coaching, where and that's the hard thing about in any type of coaching is that we talk about the journey, we talk about the growth, but the end result is still what we're judged on. So yeah. how do you fast forward that process? And, and I mean, my, my, my kids have been my guinea pigs. I mean, I'm probably going to get, get yeah, yeah. killed for saying that. But yeah, they are, yeah. they've been my guinea pigs to see what works, what doesn't work. And because of things that I have said has allowed them to be shy or not aggressive. And other things I've said allow them to, to be aggressive. Yeah. And when I work with the team and I work with other teams and businesses, it's, it's the same thing. It's, it's almost sometimes that as soon as I become aggressive, I also become shy. Like mm. I'm not supposed to, I'm supposed to be nice, right? I'm yeah. supposed yeah. to be the nice guy or nice person. And I feel wrong if I'm aggressive instead right. of that's what, I mean, you have to be, you know, I, I yeah. think in many yeah. ways. So it takes and don't you, on time. Don't, and don't you think too, as the, as the player, not just the coach that you've got to, you've got to dance that dance too. Like you, you be yourself. That's cool. But you know, there are moments it's just foundational. Here we go. I'm going to get fancy. Fan, just like before. Just not going to tell my daughter. There's just foundational success principles you gotta go, you got to live by. Like if you're going to play a Duke, you can't be scared in big moments. Right. You can be shy in the locker room. You, you don't have to say a word as a leader. But when it's time for you to penetrate with 30 seconds and we're down one, either you go to the hole or kick it, you have to be aggressive. Right. So in that moment, you have to find that piece or I'm sorry, you have to sit. Like yeah. that's non-negotiable. I don't need you in a locker room screaming and yelling like she does, and that's cool. That's the dance, not only as coaches, but as 
athletes that we've got to constantly, as an athlete, you've got to know there's some freaking things, there's no argument. Right. You've got to work out. You've got to practice. You've got to train. And in those moments, down one, 30 seconds, you've got to take it to the hole. Now, do right? you have a core group of foundational success principles, maybe that something that is applied to everybody, or is it something different for every single person? The, the, the foundation's got to be the same as far as, it, 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 as, far as endurance. I'm a, I'm, I'm a big, like, train insane. I'm wearing a shirt. Train insane. Like, you, you have to be able to mentally never get out work. I don't know. That's, now, that's kind of being cliche. That's kind of becoming cliche now. You have to. The foundation is endurance of pain. Your bottom is a freaking trampoline, but you, you've got to decide to, like, jump off that sucker, right? Like, there's some certain things that are, that I think, all great coaches use, you know, uh, uh, about training and, and, you know, resilience and grit and all of that stuff that, that has to be part of your core value. And then let's, then we'll go into more of who you are as an individual, but, but like outlasting time and endurance of pain, that's for everybody. Right. And that, I don't care if you're an athlete, mom, dad, brother, sister, business, entrepreneur, sales, like, you, you have to endure because the pain struggle is coming. And don't you think, I mean, that's what separates the greats from the, that separates the 1% from the 99 anyways, is the ability to endure and, out, and outlast and risk, like we were saying earlier. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of times people think they're building a strong foundation. And yeah. I had a friend of mine, he, he worked on houses and he always talked about how no one ever talks about who puts the foundation down. Right. <laughs> Until the house gets swept away or it's burned and then they talk about the foundation. But if, yeah. if you don't have the right foundation, then it can never stand the test of time. It can never get through all the different tragedies in life. And, and I find it very interesting that, that, that a lot of athletes, even from quote unquote broken homes, yeah. have a strong foundation in one part where they're able to use that and then use it in their athleticism or business or, or anything at all. Right, right. But, but the foundation isn't sexy. Like, yeah. this is it. Like, the foundation, it's not sexy. It's sweaty. And people don't, people don't want to put in that sweat. Right. They just want to get on Instagram and show everybody how freaking famous and rich they are and, 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 and pretend. Like, they just, they just want to go on YouTube and, and show their success story. We're like, we, no, one, no one is showing their grind story right right and, and when they are showing a little of it like you see gary v showing a little of it he's not showing you his whole self he's not showing you his tears and I, he's crying like don't pretend you don't ever like show me all of it because as these young kids are growing up and especially with the, tef- the, the technology what's put in front of their face 99 percent of it is just all success and so that's all they see that's all they know they, they don't know how can you not you only know what you know right, right? so they, they all they see is success and fame and money, and they just, that's what, they, they don't see the foundation being built. Yes, yes. No, you're, you're absolutely right, Coach. You're absolutely right. I got, I got two more questions for you. I appreciate you coming on. This has been awesome. It's been inspiring. Um, I'm, I, th- I thought we were going for four hours, but I like booked out for four <laughs> I, hours. I've got we're, a game. I've got a game oh, to get oh, to. Oh, you've got a game. All right, but, all right. So, it, so here's the second last question is, here it is, when they finally, when Hollywood wakes up and makes a movie about your life. Oh, my gosh. Who is Denzel. you? Oh, Den- I'm no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow. See, now that's a question you needed to email me prior. I could have given you a good answer. <laughs> That's so good. Okay, so he has to be athletic, right? They got to be able to do something athletic 
he's got to be way better looking than I am. So who do I, who do I, who are the movies I will go to without question? I'll go see anything Denzel does. I'll go see anything uh, Tom Hanks does. I'll go see anything. I know faces. I'm not great with the names. That is such a great freaking question. Ray Allen. He's athletic. He can act. Well, Ray Allen uh, did play Jesus Shuttlesworth, so that means he, he has did. some acting juice to him. I, I'm going Denzel, man. I'm going Denzel. I, like I, and I know it doesn't make any sense. Not an African American, I know that, but he is such. He's such, <laughs> he's such a beast. He's such because I don't think Tom. I just don't think Tom Hanks could get into role and and have the crap I had. I just don't think he could get out there on the court or shoot a J. Like, but I think Denzel could do it. Right. What I do you think? It. No, give me I, my listen. Give I me think me. I think Denzel would be great. I was thinking like Vince Vaughn. Oh. <laughs> okay, All I right. can see Vince Vaughn just because he comes off great, just like the way he 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 comes across. I think yeah. maybe a little Will Ferrell from like kicking and screaming when he was a crazy coach. I think oh I think God, that could awesome. that could be it. It's okay. I want I want Tom Cruise to play me after fifty, and then I want <laughs> yeah. The Rock to play me from age forty to. To fifty, you kind of look like the Rock. Yeah, I'll, I'll just take it. The, and then Pitbull is playing me from twenty to thirty. So yeah. it's just there, people <laughs> are gonna be watching the movie. Like, wait, why? Who? Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm not watching this movie anyways. I want I want Oprah to play me from fifty on. Oh, that, that would be great. <laughs> that would be great. All right, la- last question. Last question. I we we talk about it. We believe it on the Be Contagious Leadership Experience. You have to be in love with something in order for you to continue living life at a high level. So what are you in love with? Whew, man, I am in love with so much. I, I am in love first with my daughter and breaking the fear legacy that I created, like that, that I grew up with. Like that's the first answer. Like that's what gets me up before the sun is I'm breaking cycles, I'm breaking chains. And by no means, I didn't grow up on skid row. I wasn't broke, we're middle class. So I, I'm not gonna pretend to have that. I'm a, I'm a homeless kid, right. but I grew, up, I, grew up with, I grew up with lack for sure. Mm-hmm. And my dad, my dad gave me shoes when I needed shoes. He was phenomenal, but just like financially and, and I kind of didn't believe, I love the opportunity to break that cycle. I love the opportunity to tap into insanity and, and, and to just crush reality. Mm-hmm. I'm in love with every day setting a bar, actually not even setting a bar, being the bar. Right. I, I, I wanna go to a place where, where 99% of people think is impossible. Right. That's, what I'm, that's what I'm in love with. And I guess that ties into like breaking those, breaking those chains that, uh, for my daughter. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I love it. I, I, I t- you know, it's, it's about leaving What's, a legacy. It's about leaving yes. what you do in your life. And the best way to do it is with, is with your kids. And yes. it's, What's uh, your answer? What's your answer? You wake up, you love, like you're all in on, you love what? You know, I, I, it's so, it's, it, it's such a, a huge answer because I think a lot um, of my audience knows, you know, I'm divorced. Uh, my kids live in California. So, and I'm in Durham, North Carolina. So I'm, I'm doing this fatherhood from afar, yet right. still trying to not be their friend and still be yeah. a parent, yet not physically there. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I know I do a lot of things for, for, for my family. And, and knowing that every single day I'm, I'm losing time. Like, I'm, yeah. my time is almost over. Now, people look at me like, are you crazy? I like, you know my time <laughs> is almost over because in nine years I'm going to be 50. And right. in 19 years I'll be 60. And, and some of that is selfish. Selfish, but if I truly believe that 
myself, you, everyone was put on this earth to do something special. And it doesn't have to be anything big, but I think like you, we understand our gifts. We understand that we are more than coaches. You know, we are more than X's and O's. Then, yeah. then I, I, it is my responsibility to fulfill what I believe I was put on this earth for. And yeah. which means I'm constantly chasing. It's, I'm, it's constantly never enough, which yeah. at times is draining. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm in love with changing uh, my family's legacy and stripping all the different, the generational curses that I really believe. And uh, it's the same thing I tell everybody. So when, when I was growing up, my mom would cook Thanksgiving with stuffing in the turkey and, and we would eat it. And we would love it for some reason, yet it was super duper dry and, and we'd put <laughs> yeah. so much gravy. And then I got to like age 35, I, I realized what brining a turkey is and leaving <laughs> it. And, and all of a sudden, it's like the greatest thing ever. And so right. like, is if you could change it, yet still have the Thanksgiving turkey, but change its structure, then all of a sudden, amazing things can really, really happen. Yes, that's awesome. So, Coach, yeah, I'm so blessed to be here, Coach. You have no, like, and, and to your audience, I reached out to Coach, and we connected on Twitter literally five, six years ago. Yeah, yeah. Right? Literally. Yeah. My, my arrogant little butt was like, Coach, <laughs> I want to come out to Duke. My little arrogance back in the day. Man, I'm so glad we, we reconnected. Man, this has been such a blessing to be on your show and get to connect. And you're going to come on our Facebook, Michael O'Brien yes. and I, and my Facebook show as well. Yes. No, it's awesome, man. Well, I appreciate it. Tell everybody where they could find you, reach you. Your, I mean, your Twitter content is on fire. Like, where do Thanks. they find you? So I'm on Twitter at Coach Dane, but everything is on my site at, at, at CoachDane.com, and it's D-A-Y-N-E. All my social stuff is there, and my story is there, and all that all that fun stuff at CoachDane.com. I, I, I really I really appreciate this time, man. I had I had I had such a blast, and, and this is this is um, I don't know the words I'm trying to the, the words I'm trying to say like what you're doing. Right as I've researched you as well, when you come in on our show, what what you're doing is is such a blessing um, to to everybody that that you're touching too. So so huge respect to you too, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Have a good one, brother. We'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. Thank you. Hope you had a great time with Coach Dane. I'm telling you. His energy is on fire. Hope you enjoyed it. you got to check out his website, Coach Dane. And you've got to make sure you follow him on Instagram and Twitter. Seriously, his content is fire. You are absolutely going to love it. Guys, I appreciate you hanging in there with us on the BCLE. Please, please do us a favor. If you can go on there, go on the iTunes and SoundCloud, rate us, rank us. It could be a one because we're horrible or a five or a ten, whatever the highest one is. I just appreciate your feedback. I appreciate you guys being patient. I miss you guys. I love you guys. We are in this together. Do not forget that every day is an opportunity for you to be contagious and be light for other people. Love you guys. I'll talk to you soon.